Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Madison, Wisconsin-based jazz pianist, composer, and educator Christopher Rotmayer on the 2024 CD, Bing. On this new project, he pays homage to Mulgrew Miller that specifically looks into the time when he was with the Woody Shaw Quintet. This fourth album overall as a leader contains all original compositions performed by his quartet featuring Russ Johnson on trumpet and flugelhorn, Matt Endress on drums, and Jazzmaster Rufus Reed on the acoustic bass. It will be released on CD and all digital platforms on March 8th, 2024 via Shifting Paradigm Records. We cover this album, touring, COVID, and so much more. Dig in. Thanks so much for taking the time to interview me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we caught up, I believe, in 2021. So Indeed. right around the time the pandemic was really, really arcing. And um, I'm curious, before we get into the latest album with the stellar cast being, I want to know, how did you get through that time period and how good does it feel to be back on the stage and releasing new material now? Oh man. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely rough. Uh, you know, as, as everyone knows, it's just, uh, it was a, a desert for no gigs and, <laughs> but you know, it was a, a time of creative, you know, work. And so that is partly why I was able to get the work done that uh, resulted in this album. So it gave me time to do some transcribing. It gave me time to do some practicing. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the album. How did you get the, this group of, of musicians together? Yes, that's it right there. How did you get Rufus and the cast and how did it all come together artistically? Yeah, uh, well, so I had had this as part of uh, some of the tracks on this album are part of my doctoral work here at UW-Madison. And uh, I had in April 2020 uh, wanted to go to New York City and record with um, with a trio in New York. And I was trying to get Peter Washington and Lewis Nash to record. Uh, and that would have been an excellent trip. And then, of course, we all know what happened in, in 2020. So it all got canceled. And so I was um, doing more writing and doing more practicing and looking for a way you know to put back this project back together knowing that i would probably have to do it closer to home and uh, peter dominguez who is the professor of jazz bass at uw madison suggested that um that rufus reed was going to be in town the following april for um, the richard davis young bassist foundation um meeting which they do every year um in uh, in the spring and uh, so he said hey there's a master that I could hook you up with who might be available to do a recording session. And thankfully it all worked out. Um, and I have Russ Johnson on trumpet who teaches at UW Parkside, but was a staple in New York city for many years. And then um, Matt Andres is the drum set player and he's the teacher drum set teacher at UW Madison. Matt stepped in very last minute. Again, COVID touched my project. I had Dana Hall set up to record uh, with me. And Dana got COVID the day before my session. <laughs> wow. I was unable to make it. And so Matt, you know, who plays great on this CD, uh, was able to jump in last minute and and do such a great job. So right on. So what are you hoping the listener gets from this album? Uh I hope they can um they can glean, you know, that I have a deep respect for Mulgrew Miller. That's most of this music was born from that, and that's part of what my doctoral project is about too. Um uh, examining Mulgrew's playing with Woody Shaw's group. And Mulgrew was young in his life at that time, but uh, that playing just resonated with me. And I think him being young resonated with me too. Like, wow, look at this young guy playing this amazing music. 
Yeah. And it's just on fire. I mean, even sometimes the rhythm section sounds a little unstable to me, but it still is like right on the edge, you know, and it had that that New York vibe that I was just into. And and I really dug the vocabulary that, that Mulger was using. And so this project started by me just wanting to kind of understand what he was doing. And uh, what I did was I just transcribed a bunch of his uh, playing, a bunch of his solos from that time period. And then I used those as a creative springboard to write some compositions to explore that in my own playing. And five of the tunes on being are, uh, are tunes that are from that project. So take me back to the beginnings. What was the first album, first experience you had with Mulgrew? Oh, man. Well, I got to see Mulgrew play. And this was probably, um, I want to say it was in 90 or 91 with Tony Williams' group. Wow. And that was in Dayton, Ohio at Jilly's. <laughs> and nice. That's so exciting. And it was just such an exciting time for me, you know, as a young musician, just loving jazz. And here I am getting to see my idols. Yeah. I even, uh, me and a friend had some old Gretsch ads that Tony Williams was in where he was wearing this like turtleneck and we brought him to the gig and there was Tony Williams like smoking his little butt cigar, you know, with yeah. his back to the bar on the break. And he was totally approachable. He let us come up to us. He signed our things. <laughs> wow. I didn't get to meet Mulgrew that day, but um, his playing left a huge impression on me. Yeah. So isn't that kind of the way uh, th that you really grow and learn is by transcribing, by taking someone's existing work and kind of putting your spin on it and figuring out kind of the nuts and bolts of how this all goes together? Sure is how I learned. Um, ironically, <laughs> Mulgrew himself was very against the idea of this. And in fact, you know, in many interviews, he said that that he didn't do any transcribing and doesn't recommend it. Wow. Um, but we all learn in, in different ways, you know, and I I can't imagine. Well, I I know from my investigation, you know, personally, that Mulgrew absorbed material from other players, you know, yeah. no one comes out of nowhere. But I right. think it's about the process, right? Yeah. And so some of us use, you know, I grew up with a written process of learning solos. And, you know, I don't have my students do that now. I have them learn them by ear and play along with the recordings. But when I first started, it was about trying to figure out the notes and writing them down on paper. And then I would learn the solo and play it along with the album and memorize it. Um, so what about live shows? What's coming up? I know the warm months are coming up. This is going to be released March 8th, which is close to the anniversary four years ago of everything shutting down. So talk to me a little bit about what's going on. Yeah, I, I have all kinds of, of different live shows. Uh, I do all sorts of different things here in Madison. Um, I wish I could say that I had uh, a show completely booked as like a CD release party for this CD. But honestly, it took a long time to release this CD, and I did this last August. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I played a CD release party for this CD last August. Wow. <laughs> As yeah. part of a concert series in downtown Madison. Um, I would love to travel to Florida. I think I have a longtime association with this wonderful bar called Pilar's uh, in Winter Garden, Florida. I used to live in Orlando. And uh, I would love, you know, to get a chance to go back and down there. I just haven't organized it yet. But um, sometime this summer would be nice to do that. Um I am going this week uh, to work as a clinician at uh, Appalachian State University for Todd Wright, who is a sax professor there. So I actually leave tomorrow and I play a Valentine's Day concert there. Cool. Uh, I also do tons of live work here with um, uh, as a sideman. So I, I work sometimes with Michael Hackett, who is a wonderful trumpet player um, out of the Indiana University tradition. And um, yeah, 
And I freelance in all kinds of other groups too. Of course, I do jobbing stuff and gigging stuff. Right on. So talk to me a little bit about when when a new release comes out. Do you do anything special that day? Like March 8th, do you have anything planned? Do you, is there any superstition, anything that you do? <laughs> uh, no, that's a, it would be great to, to have a new tradition. This is my fourth release, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have traditionally celebrated them by trying to do some kind of CD release party. I think it would be really cool to do a listening party. Yeah. I haven't organized that, but that was kind of my thought this time was I might try to have a bunch of friends over and, um, you know, and just put the CD on, you know, if they're willing. I mean, it seems a little narcissistic, but <laughs> no, I think that's awesome. I actually went to a um, I live in Lee Summit, the home of Pat Metheny, and oh, yeah. they have a really unique little downtown area. And I went in one night um it's a place called fringe and they had vinyl going there was a guy there with big speakers and you could go and pick whatever you want and that would be cool too if you had it on vinyl and you could just throw it on throw mulgrew on after that you know have just kind of a an eclectic mix that is a, such a great idea joe and there's a place that just opened here called lola's yeah which is kind of the same thing they have a dj they have a bunch of vinyl on the walls and you can go and pick out vinyl and have the dj play it but they do some things where people have um They'll do like a Jimmy Smith night. And in fact, I'm going to play one of these where um, they have a live band that plays like a set of Jimmy Smith stuff. And then they they roll a bunch of vinyl. That's cool. Jimmy Smith. Yeah, it is cool. That would be a neat thing yeah. to do. Yeah. I should talk to him about trying to organize a, you know, we could do a set as the live band and play some of the music. Yeah. And play, play like you said, some Mulgrew right after. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be awesome. So the, the new album is coming out on March 8th. Yes. And it's called being so if anyone wants to pick it up proper there it is right there or yeah. learn about live shows anything else that's going on in your world what's the best way to do it yeah well my website chrisrotmeyer.com um i have a bandcamp site uh which is chrisrotmeyer.bandcamp.com you can find me there and that's got all my releases except this release which i was lucky this time uh shifting paradigm which is a yeah. record label out of minnesota picked up the the album and they're releasing it so this album is available on their website and also from my live gigs, but their Bandcamp site is where you can pre-order it. Right on, Chris. Great to catch up with you in better times. And yeah. Best of luck with the album. I've listened to it. I really enjoy it. So I think people are going to dig it. So yeah. uh, thank you so much, Joe. I had so much fun making it. And I love that, that you're willing to talk to me about it. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening and tuning into another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in Madison, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Chris for his time, energy, and story. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube and for everything Neon Jazz. Go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.